On today's show, it's an off-season edition of State of the Cats, where we bring in David Dwork. We're going to be discussing the 30 years of the Florida Panthers, our goalie segment, and David Dwork's breakout candidates. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Monday, August 14th edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez. You can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So, Cats fans, by the time that this episode comes out it'll it'll be 59 days until opening night we are at the halfway point between from the time the panthers were eliminating the stanley cup final and the time that opening night is approaching but with the off season this gives an opportunity for more content ideas and also guests on on the show so let's bring in our guests for today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, and added a little something to his resume since the last time he was here. He is from WPLG Local 10 in South Florida, the Chirping the Cats podcast, and the hockey news now. It is David Dwork. David, welcome back to Locked On Panthers. Hey, bud. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. I didn't realize it had been so long since I'd been on here. It's been a, been a crazy year. Yeah, uh, since uh, November, but a lot has happened uh, since, since the last time, uh, you came on the show and really, uh, I want to take this opportunity to really talk about the, the, the 30 year anniversary of the, of the Panthers. And mostly I, I think about this more and more as right now we're in the thick of the baseball season as the Marlins are, are, are in the, con- in contention to trying to make the wild card, but there's also the, all the 30 year anniversary celebration with bringing in um, veteran guys and all that stuff. And even the Bally sports, Florida commercial. And I can only imagine when hockey season comes around, I can only imagine the commercial is like 30 years ago in a barn in Miami Dade County and, and talking about the Miami arena. And then something about Wayne Heisinga introducing uh, the Florida Panthers in De- uh, December of 1992, December 10th, 1992 uh, to be exact. And you, you wrote an article uh, talking about the theme nights uh, for, for the Panthers of nineties, 2000s and and 2010s until now of, of the theme nights that will happen and one thing that i hadn't i had not mentioned was some of the best time i had the best time of my life when it came to the stanley cup final not only covering the team but being able to sit with you aaron and roy bellamy as well but in your 30 years of watching this team from the time that you were um that you were growing up and seeing its inception to now was the Stanley Cup final like a full circle moment for you? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was, it, it still hasn't really sunk in yet, Mondo, to be honest. Like, I, I was just thinking about that the other day. Like, it, it was such a surreal experience, I guess, in terms of the history of the team, the 30 years, and then for them to be average for so long. And then, you know, all of a sudden in the last few years, like, they've really seemed to figure things out. But yeah, that trip to the Stanley Cup final, just the way that they did it as an eight seed upsetting Boston, you know, taking out Toronto and Carolina, 
pretty, you know, I don't want to say easily. They weren't easy games, but, you know, and it only takes, what, nine games to take out two teams. Like, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, it was, when it when it finally sinks in, I guess I'll let you know if that ever happens. Um, it was it was just awesome. Like, I, I try to remember, or, you know, I'll go through some of the pictures of my camera, you know, my phone reel or whatever, go, go through, you know, some of our Instagrams and just kind of relive those moments again even like go on YouTube and just kind of relive the series, you know, recaps or whatever, just to, to get those feelings and emotions. Because, you know, as you said, I've been following this team since it started. So it was, it wasn't just like covering a game. There was, you know, obviously a lot more weight to it. So yeah, it was really cool. And hopefully, you know, just the beginning, right? Like this mm -hmm. isn't, it, this isn't a team that was, you would think is going to be one and done. So Hopefully we'll see more of that and we'll be covering, you know, more big games, uh, you know, in the next coming seasons. Right. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. No doubt. And and just the 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 atmosphere and all that and even the different logistics of of getting to the arena like we um, the people who worked in the arena and the media had to take a shuttle bus from Sawgrass Mill, something we'd never uh, seen before in our in our in our time of of covering uh, the Panthers and all that. But I'm going to as far as the theme nights. Uh, Jan January 11th versus LA 90s, uh, March 9th versus the Flyers, and then the, and then March 28th against the New York Islanders. Which is the theme night that you are looking forward to most? One to three, with one being the most excited. Uh, I, it, I I guess it depends on where my excitement's coming from. Like in terms of like just the basic fandom excitement for what the night's going to mean, what it's going to cover. I. Probably the the last one, uh, the Islanders game. Uh, the, that's kind of cover like the last, I guess, decade plus, so the last thirteen ish years. Um, just because it's probably been the most successful, um, perhaps the most transitional. Just because from where you know they started in twenty ten till you know shockingly making the playoffs in twenty twelve, starting to look like they were building twenty sixteen, and then finally this regime and this team. But it's been, you know, so much has happened in that time. I mean, we had you know, Luando came back, we had Yager, we had the draftings of the foundation of the team from Barkov to Huberto to Aaron Ekblad. Uh, so that, you know, I'm, I'm, it'll be fun to kind of relive all that. And, you know, with the recent memory and all, but I think, you know, when you first brought it up, when you, when you intro the show and when you asked the question again, like my first place, my brain goes, cause I'm just kind of a cynic at heart, but I want to see what they do with the 2000 to 2010 decade just because there was so little to celebrate in terms of Panthers fandom during that decade. You know, we, we like to joke about it as the dark decade. I would expect we're going to see a lot of Oliokin in highlights because he, he really kind of got buried on that, on that team when he was with the Panthers. He was so good. Uh, really, you know, a, a lot of the times he was a main reason to come see the team play. Um, you know, Luando, obviously, until he got traded to Vancouver during the first half of that decade before the lockout was unreal. Uh, I, I, I don't know if a lot of the younger Panther fans realize just how much he was leaned on and how good he was and how many shots, the volume he faced and how kind of bad the teams were that he was holding up. But, you know, I'm, I'm just curious to see how that decade is celebrated. And, and, and I, you know, I, I guess I was going to say, I don't mean that in a snide way, but I guess I kind of do just because that's where I'm at. I'm curious. I want to see, like, I want it to be a fun night. I don't want to go in there making jokes or anything, but I'm genuinely curious to see how they celebrate that decade. So. There you go. So I assume for you, it's uh, one is two, 2010s to now, <laughs> yeah. two is 90s, and then three is uh, 2010, um, 2000, excuse me. 
So. Yeah, if I'm going from most excited to least excited, I'd say the dark decade, the most recent one, and then the the first decade. You know, I'm excited for the whole thing. I don't want to put a damper on the first years because obviously that's the reason that I'm a hockey fan that I'm here sitting mm-hmm. with you talking right now. So, uh, but I guess if I had to put them in in a order and a hierarchy, that would be the way that it would go. Yeah, for me, it's 90s number one because I want to look back more at the history, uh, a, 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 an era that I didn't really experience because uh, I was, it, <laughs> I wasn't even 10 years old. Uh, when, and 93 was the first uh, year of, of its existence when when the year I was born. Uh, and then <laughs> number two is the for me is the 2010s to now, which is the one I really experienced. And then. Uh, third is the is the the dark days, the 2010s to uh, now. And you mentioned Ole Okunin, Roberto Luongo, probably maybe the greatest trade in Florida Panthers history. I mean, maybe the Kachuk one seven years from now when it's all said and done, maybe that could surpass it, maybe, and all that. But uh, you also think about the 2000s in the dark era. I mean, South Florida just in the last year and a half has had a few guys go into the Hall of Fame. Zach Thomas for the Dolphins. Dwayne Wade just recently for, for the Miami Heat. Roberto Luongo last year. Uh, I know Miguel Cabrera has spent a decade and a half in Detroit, but he won a World Series with the Marlins as well. Mike Vernon, who spent a year with the Florida Panthers in, in 2000. And and it's crazy to think that even though in a dark era of, uh, of South Florida sports that there's still um, quite a few guys uh, heading to the hall despite uh, lack of team success. It's cool. Uh, it's just nice to have that to celebrate, right? Um, and I mean, you talked about the recent, so you know, what we've had to do it, outside of the hall, it's just South Florida. It feels like finally the law of averages are starting to work back in our favor after, you know, maybe there was the success with the Dolphins early on. The Canes were really good. But I mean, now it's it's just kind of across the board. The Heat and the Panthers were both in the final last year. No reason to think that they can't compete to do the same again. The Dolphins are looking like they're going to be at least a competitive you know, one of the top competitive teams in the AFC, the Canes, men and women, final four last year. Messi is in town, which is ridiculous that that's like the fifth thing I mentioned because it's probably the first thing that the rest of the world would have mentioned when talking about this. Uh, the Marlins are a playoff team as we sit here today. I'm pretty sure they're the last wild card team mm-hmm. uh, on this August, mid-August day. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything I've forgotten, but I, I, I think I covered it all. Just every There's nothing bad right now in mm-hmm. South Florida, which is ridiculous to think about. Mm-hmm. Everything is going well. And I don't know how it's going to end, but I mean, considering we just had two final trips, we had final four trips. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Armando, and this is just media hat off, personal buddy to buddy. If the Dolphins somehow win a Super Bowl, you will not hear from me for like a week. I will be running nude through the Everglades. I will, whatever, I will lose my mind. Like and with everything that's happened in South Florida sports, them, and we are at the best position across the board than we have probably in my lifetime of 40 years. I will yeah. lose my shit if the Dolphins win a Super Bowl. I'm, on I'm <laughs> hijacking the Locked On Panthers podcast right now to say that. I will go nuts. And I'm, I'm guessing we all will because there's just something about football, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hijacked your question. I'm sorry, but come on, Tua. Let's stay healthy. All right, back to hockey. (laughs) And and that's a great way to transition to our second segment where we're going to have our goalie segment with the goalie, David Dork, to discuss the goalie situation for the Florida Panthers coming into the 2023-24 season. We're going to discuss that more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel. Football season's 
is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on the Super Bowl winner you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets on every victory. You can use your Rosen's bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and enter and, and start earning bonus points in America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Segment number two here on this Monday, August 14th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. It's another edition of State of the Cats with David Dwork from WPLG Local 10, the Tripping the Cats podcast, and the Hockey News. And it, it's, it's funny, David, uh, because I, I believe it was yesterday that NHL.com released their uh, fantasy projections for uh, the Florida Panthers. But I, the first thing I wanted to go to, because the cover photo was Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, and I just want to, and for the, his fantasy projection has him at 32 wins. Ha, he was at 39 in the President's Trophy winning season, 24 last year. But based on the Stanley Cup final run where he went nine, um, a 915 save percentage in 19 games and his best season was 913, what, what do you make out of the, not only him, but really the, the the department in in general because Stolarz is is here Spencer Knight there's n- there's no certainty whether he'll be starting with the team a, a, as well what do you make what do you make of uh the, the the goalie situation for the Panthers I think based on today where we're at today I think they're going to be fine in terms of their player like they've got good goaltenders you know obviously starting Rovsky we know what he brings to the table uh we know what his ceiling could be obviously last year during the playoffs was the best he'd ever been with the Panthers. And I'm, I'm not particularly going to be expecting that he's going to pick up where he left off in the playoffs next season. I'm hoping that he's fine. Uh, I hope he surprises me. I hope that he, you know, start, you know, plays like that more consistently uh, wins the Panthers more games on his own, steals a few games if he needs to. Um, But, you know, hopefully he'll just be able to maintain, which I think will be fine on this team. I think this team is going to be pretty solid. I think the Panthers itself, in terms of the way that they play forwards defensemen, uh, you know, zone coverage gaps, things of that nature. I think you're going to see a lot of the same stuff, which will make the team better, harder, tougher, more uh, formidable to play against. Uh, goaltending, I think they just batten down the hat, <clears throat> batten down the hatches, hold things together. Um, now, in terms of who plays, you know, we said 32 wins for Sergey Borovsky. My thir- my first thought was, is he going to play enough to get 32 wins? Yeah, I, I really think that with Spencer Knight, the whole situation with that, I think he's in a really good place just based off of interviewing or interacting with him at development camp, seeing what he's yeah. done before and after that, you know, based off his social media. Uh, last week, he played in a charity game back home in Connecticut. He just seems to be really comfortable, fine, happy, just normal, like back to his normal life. Uh, no reason to think that he won't pick up in his career where he left off. He's still just, what, 21 years old? Uh, I'm not sure if he turned 22 yet, but su- you know, super young. Uh, and yeah, I would expect that he's going to be there. And I, if not after a little while, I would hope that he's going to be turning into the one A and one B with Bob, just because I think Spencer Knight's skill is there. I, I think, you know, maybe clearing his head a bit will maybe help him a little bit in that regard. And technically you could say this is going to be his third, you know, NHL season, um, full, full season, you know, how you want to go about that. Um, Cause he had this, you know, the way he came into the league with, a little bit at the end. Then he had that amazing playoff game against Tampa the first year. Uh, and then with Stolars, it's just, we saw last year how important that third goalie position can be. 
uh, out, you know, without Alex Lyon doing what he did, we're not talking about any of this playoff stuff whatsoever. We're talking about whoever the Panthers ended up drafting or who they got in the lottery because they would have been a lottery team. Oh, take that back. They wouldn't have gotten that pick, would they? Yep. It would have been Montreal's pick. So we wouldn't have been talking about anything for the last few months. Um, <laughs> but no, like I, in terms of like Stolarz's ability, we'll see. He wasn't spectacular with Anaheim. Granted, it's tough when you're not playing that much and you know, you've kind of got to pick your battles. It's, it's tough life being a backup goaltender. And on top of that, Anaheim was maybe one of the worst defensive teams in the league last year. Uh, you saw what happened with John Gibson. I think John Gibson's still a great goaltender and he's not getting any flat just because he was on that really, really rough to play for An- Anaheim team last year. So, you know, with Stolarz, I think you get a guy who was willing to bet on himself with the one-year deal, knowing that he's going to probably be that third goalie option. Uh, but it, it's important to have that three-headed stable, and that's what Florida has. I'm optimistic with Spencer Knight based off of everything that's happened over the last month plus, what we've seen from him both in person and what he's done with his life. So I'm pretty comfortable, you know, based off my zero medical history whatsoever, just, you know, hockey guy. But um, I think the Panthers will be okay. And if the, and if Sergey Borovsky shows up next year and – you know, plays above what we've seen in his first four regular seasons with the Panthers. President's trophy might not be that crazy to think about again. Cause if this team gets high end goaltending next season, that's the only question mark I really have. I think the defense will be maintained until Ekblad and Montour get back, whenever that might be. Sounds like Montour could be back sooner rather than later. If his injury heals on that end, just based off what he said in a couple interviews, he's done. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if we're optimistically speaking here, which, I know you and I like to be in the glass half full side of things. Yeah. If goaltending goes well, could be a pretty crazy season for the Panthers, but I think that's a big if I'm not saying that they won't be good, but if they're going to be great, that's the big if I think they'll be okay. Yeah. And Montour recently coming out with more uh, videos of, of him with his uh, rehab. And one thing about Stellars is he has 81 total games played in his career. I know there's a big difference between, starting in a backup role versus a full season as far as uh, numbers can be a little bit more uh, skewed towards one way but it's a 912 save percentage in his uh, career six career shutouts as well but you mentioned anaheim one of the worst defensive teams in the nhl they faced almost four more shots per game than the next worst team and the ne- next worst was columbus so almost 40 shots a game even in that president's day game uh, uh in, in in south florida the Panthers put 55 shots on John Gibson and it needed over overtime in order for the Panthers to win that one. Thanks to Carver Hagee uh, on that one as, as well. So, and Jay fresh hockey uh, had a poll, a fan poll of, of rank goal, goalie rankings. Bobrovsky was 10. Spencer Knight was 32. Stolarz was 64th, the last one. And I think the whole being buried in Anaheim um, behind John Gibson gives Stolarz maybe a little bit of a bad rep, maybe after some of the uh, after the previous seasons where he was over 900 save percentage so what do you uh what do you make of that yeah it's kind of a byproduct and we, we saw it here in florida with a lot of teams that were rough defensively it's it's a tough life for a goaltender to lead but when you combine that with not playing consistently and having to jump into a game and face it's not just the volume of shots either like they gave up the the high i think if you look up like the advanced metrics the high danger chances both even obviously special teams but i mean even strength it was pretty off the charts it was tough last year for Anaheim. And I, I think you kind of, it's just part of the game, right? Like you can't say, well, he had a tough year, so we're going to rank him a little higher because we think he might've been better elsewhere. Like you, you can't do that. 
he's going to have to show up in Florida next year, whatever games he may or may not get. And, you know, prove that that 912, 915, you know, those safe percentage type numbers, that's the type of goaltending that he can bring to the table. You're not going to have to go out there and steal games per se, but you've got to go out there and hold your own and show your stuff. Doing it with the Panthers, it's probably going to feel night and day compared to what he or, you know, any goaltender in that kind of an experience uh, would have been dealing with. Uh, just because, as we saw with the Panthers, they went from a team two seasons ago that was happy to go toe-to-toe with you, to go end-to-end with you, to out- try to outscore you, and then most nights they would, you know, 5-3, to 6-4, to four, whatever. Last year, the scores started getting lower and lower and lower, and they kept putting up a lot of shots. They kept having the puck more, but the opposition, lower and lower. And mm-hmm. uh, that is going to benefit them this year, I think, during the regular season. As I said before, I think that style of play uh, will help not necessarily mask because when you say masking things, it makes it seem like there's problems. I just think it's going to hold up some of the lesser attributes that the Panthers have to offer. I think they're pretty solid top to bottom. Uh, well, obviously you're going to have higher, you know, attributes with, with your you know, top six is pretty off the charts right now. When you're fully healthy, your defensive corps is going to be deep, maybe as deep as anybody in the league. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see, just kind of like take a little side tangent, how that plays out. I mentioned this somewhere, something I wrote uh, talking about the D, just when they end up fully healthy, they're going to have assets to to push around. Yeah. So if this team has holes, whether it's, you know, they need a bottom six winger, you know, they need a, a penalty killing specialist, the guy who is a monster in the faceoff circle, you know, whatever – twerks or tweaks or whatever they might need heading into the playoffs they're probably you know barring any rash of injuries they'll have some assets to move around so i'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty bullish on just the way the season could end up playing out no doubt uh what are the chances they carry three goalies to start the season uh that i couldn't tell you uh, that's kind of a managerial question i mean i don't know just because are they going to have an extra million to to throw into the salary cap I mean, granted, to keep Stolarz would be the least of the bunch. Um, But, yeah, I think if Bob and Knight are both good to go, I think that, you know, you take the risk, you, you know, expose Stolarz, you put him in Charlotte. Uh, And then it'll be in, you know, because they have Matt Guzda down there as well, who I know, you know, he started a few playoff games for Charlotte last year, and they he's their goalie that they're looking at as the goalie of the future, so they want to give him some run too. Um, So, yeah, it'll be weird to see how it plays out in terms of three goalies, uh, carrying three goalies. I just – between the cap and, you know, depending what their defensive situation is going to be looking like, we don't know how locked into a six-guy form they're going to be or if they're going to want to move guys around with Ekblad and Montour potentially missing that time. So that's a it's a good question, Armando, but I honestly – it's it's so hard for me to, to try to even conceivably answer that just because we don't know how it's going to play out. I just say probably not, but, mm. yeah, that's – it's interesting. We'll have to see how, you know, as – camp goes through and we see you know who's playing up who's playing back uh just how that 23-man roster plays out because remember last year uh, i don't even think they started the season with 23 i think they started with like 21 uh, i believe it was 20 yes so you know well uh it's it's very fluid especially when he gets camp no doubt and uh we, we've also seen that paul Maurice hasn't been afraid to put goalies in uh in back-to-backs of course, with Alex Lyon and Matt Gusta, you don't want to put Matt Gusta in, in in a game uh there um, when both Bob and Knight were not with the team as well, but we have we have seen that Paul Maurice has not been afraid of of uh, back to backs for uh, goalies. But we're going to transition over to segment number three. We're going to discuss David's breakout candidates ahead of the 2023-24 season. We'll discuss that more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. 
Third and final segment here on this Monday, August 14th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Got David Dwork from WPLG Local 10 in South Florida, the Tripping the Cats podcast, and the Hockey News. And a few uh, housekeeping notes for uh, the Panthers. Uh, Sasha Barkov and Patrick Lane have raised up to 100,000 euros in their charity golf tournament in uh, Finland. Uh, actually, we'll be discussing this in a future episode. Matthew Kachuk is not on the cover of NHL uh, 24 that has been Kale McCart and the Florida Panthers will be hosting their rookie showcase September 15th to the 18th at Hertz Arena in Estero, Florida, home of the back-to-back Kelly Cup champions, Florida Everblades. So, David, uh, you wrote a few articles in the last few days about Panthers' uh, breakout candidates uh, for for the upcoming season, and there's a few ones that are the the, the ones that we see where, especially one where like where I'm thinking yes especially this one, especially because we've spoken about, uh, I've spoken about this on the show. Um, one of them was Anton Lindell. The other one was Josh Mahara. I want to start with Lindell. Uh, I want to, I want to get your opinion about him playing on the wing. Do you think it's a, do you think it's a short term uh, that he's playing on the wing or do you think it, that um, it could possibly be long term as far as his role playing on the wing? No, I think uh, when we get back to training camp, they'll probably line him back up in that three C spot. Uh, he's so young and still such a good two-way center. Uh, you, you want to continue to flower that seed, right? Or to water that seed. So it blossomed into a flower. Like you want to, you want to continue to, to let him grow and mature in that realm. I think, uh, the switching off center was something that they were more comfortable doing with E2 Lusterainen, a little bit older, a little bit more experienced guy. And we saw how, you know, E2 kind of ran with that position. Speaking of breakout guys, you know, sneak preview, the next one coming up from the, the hockey news from me will be E2 Lusterainen, uh either today or tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I think with Lundell, you'll see him line up, continue to line up at center. Um, and again, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old, he's going to be going into his third full NHL season. I, you know, it benefited him that he did play pro uh, in Liga before coming to the NHL. That always benefits younger players just because it's not shell shock. Right. And I think this is going to be a good year for Anton Lundell. Panthers are going to have a little bit deeper just in terms of the talent that be able to put him with. Well, I mean, he can end up playing with E2 and Sam Reinhardt again this year, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's pretty ridiculous. No third line, especially when you think Lundell and E2 are both, potentially going to be continuing to ascend as the young hockey players that they are. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about w- what we're going to see from E2 or well, E2 also, but from Anton Lundell, it's just uh, the idea that he's working with somebody like Sasha Barkov. Like if, if there's a particularly young finish center, but a young two way center, if you're going to put him with anybody in this NHL, you know, if not the first guy you're going to think of one of the first two guys you're going to think of is Sasha Barkov. Uh that combined with being in year two of Paul Maurice's systems. And we saw how everybody got so much more comfortable as the year went on. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see a uh, year three, what that brings from Anton Lindell. Yeah. And uh, for the regular season, the numbers, as far as goal differential, weren't really there as far as that line for Sasha Barkov and Anton Lindell, but really took it to a different level. Um, at, at least uh, when the, when the playoffs uh, came around, as far as, as that so definitely uh, he's going to be on the top penalty kill unit more than likely P- probably probably power play too as well for anton lindell so there's a there's a lots of opportunities as far as the full 200 foot game the next one is uh josh mahara uh, and once again go read david's articles on 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 these two guys and when th- 
the A2 Listerine and Kate one comes out, make sure to check the one that one out as well. But uh, Josh Mahara, I, I even spoke last week that, okay, before I get there, last week I, um, I, I did a show putting together a penalty kill unit and the defenseman was the heart, the, def- the deep core was the hardest one to put out there um, as far as putting something together. That Again, that's assuming that Ekblad and Montour aren't going to be part of the mix to start the season. And I even said that there could be a chance that Josh Mahura could be on that top PK unit um, with, with Gus Forsling as well. Um, chances are no, but wouldn't be surprised if we see that. How do you view how do you view the role that Josh Mahura could uh, play and maybe even be part of that top PK unit? I think uh, it's going to be a like a clean slate, you know, like an open competition. It's the what I'm looking to say when we get to a training camp. I think you know nobody's going to have any penciled in. I mean, obviously, uh, if there's no Ekblad and if there's no Montour, then Gus Forsling, you know, anybody else going to get a th- thought for first power play? It'd be Gus Forsling. Obviously, Forsling is special teams across the board. But I think there's going to be a lot of jobs and roles that are going to be up for grabs. And when I think of penalty kill, I'm thinking, you know, Josh Maher, obviously full effort, smart player, reads well off his, uh, you know, off of his teammates, which is why he'd be good on the PK. You know, you think Mike Riley, another guy, good shot blocker, uh, you know, Cooley's played a little bit of PK. And when you want, you just want somebody smart that's going to block shots uh, and that's not going to get lost out there. And so the Panthers are going to have some options, but I think with Mahara, there's just so much that he didn't do wrong last year. Mm-hmm. He was put in so many different situations and he was just solid. And like five on five, particularly he was very impressive with the way that he possessed the puck with the way he moved the puck. He didn't panic. He didn't get lost in the defensive zone. He wasn't caught out of position very often. And as the year went on, I think he got more comfortable. Uh, really the whole team was on a learning curve last year. So he was at that kind of advantage when he showed up, uh, I think it was three days before opening night when they claimed him off waivers from Anaheim. Um, but yeah, when I think of like guys that, you know, breakout candidates, I don't necessarily think of a candidate of a guy who's going to go out and have like a huge point season. I just think of in terms of their last season to this season, who can, you know, blow up like that. And I think with Josh Mahura, a guy who played eight, all 82 games last year, all the playoff games, and you never thought twice about him. You know, you're not thinking oh, that Josh Mahara, no, you you almost forget about him half the time mm-hmm. just because he's just there doing his job, not making mistakes and keeping the play moving. Uh, I think if he continues on that path and he continues to grow and get better again, just 25 years old, if I'm not mistaken, uh, why can't Josh Mahara be one of these guys that becomes a re- regular top four defenseman? He's shown offensive capabilities. He can get the, he can get the puck on net, not the hardest shot in the world, but a smart shot. I, I don't see any reason why Josh Mahura can't become a, a top four defenseman in this league, play consistently. If he continues on this path, why not? I like a lot what I saw from him last year. Great attitude, great kid. I, I'm I'm curious, but I'm excited. I want to see what else Josh Mahura does. Based off last year, he could be a very uh, important, and again, a very important part of the Panthers' back line. Yeah, and then, and then um, also for him uh, as well as someone who's uh, – egg- exiting out of the zone and if there's a four checker coming being able to trust and circle back to your uh d partner as well and it, it's going to be a little bit missing with radical Gudis not being out out in the mix for the florida panthers but it's definitely we saw definitely a mature maturity in his game as, as the season uh went on and like you said uh we we didn't really call call his name out um at really at, at all um mo- most of the season as well so definitely uh one that is uh uh 
on on a projection po- possibly to break out this uh, upcoming season. But David, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, and I, I want you to give you this opportunity to plug in your new your new gig with uh, the Hockey News. Yeah, I, thank you first again for having me, Armando. I, I think why I'm so surprised that it's been so long is that I see you so often when we're out covering games and you know on the road a little bit. So, you know, obviously uh, happy to come on. Love what you do. You're great at what you do. Um, and yeah, thank you uh, for giving me the opportunity. Uh, right now, it's just it's all about the hockey news, man. Just churning out articles. It's tough right now, as I'm sure you know better than most, because you've got your daily obligations. But you know, it's a, it's kind of a desert wasteland of of hockey news at times during August. But the good thing is we're just a few weeks away. Like we found out today, like what rookie camp or the, the rookie tournament is what they say, like the 11th or something of September or the 15th September 15th or, to 18th. Yeah. So that's a month from now. Rookie camp will probably be, a, you know, four or five days before that. So we're really like in the home stretch of the off season right now. We got a few more weeks to get through. Guys are going to start showing up. We're going to, we're going to get away from the weddings and all that stuff that's been going on with all the hockey players out there. And we're going to get back to the fun and uh yeah it's, it's i'm just excited man i'm it's a good time to be a panthers fan as we talk about 30 years of history it's maybe the best time ever to be a panthers fan right now so i hope your listeners are really basking and enjoying it soaking it in uh, yeah can't can't wait and make sure to check his workout at, once again at at the hockey news wplg local 10 in south florida and the chirping the cats podcast david thank you so much and i'll see you next time my friend all right brother thanks again for having me and if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On AHL Network, including Locked On AHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steer Odin, and Locked On NHL Prospects. They can make the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. And every day is make sure you come back for Wednesday's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. We're going to be discussing Matthew Kachuk being snubbed from being on the cover of NHL 24. We're going to discuss that more on Wednesday's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with David Dork. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.